people always ask, is there more to life than this? People search for fulfillment, meaning, answers, belonging. In the movies, it's the spark people are after. It's the magic, the warm, the fuzzy glow, something to knock them off their feet. And for us as Christians, we should long for more because there is more for us, just like what Rian was saying. We're called to live in partnership with a God who is anything but ordinary. He brings us meaning and purpose, but it isn't spark or magic. It's built on relationship, relationship with God and his personal presence, which is freely available to us. And it stems from our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Today, we are exploring life in the Holy Spirit, and it's a tricky one. Because Holy Spirit should be within absolutely everything we do. We even had a preaching series before the summer on the Holy Spirit, yet we still need to understand and to know him more. So who is he? Well, he's a person. He's part of God. He's got an equal part in the Trinity. And within his role, um, he's God's presence with us and God's power in in us. Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, meaning he's a part of God. I found myself reading uh, bits of Billy Graham's books about the Holy Spirit. Whenever I've got a prep for a preach, I always manage to, on Google, I've read the entire introduction and a couple of the first chapters, but thankfully, that's normally normally what they've got to say. Um, But he said, um, he never, um, Jesus never refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. Um, He said he spoke of the Holy Spirit as he because he is not a force or a thing, but a person. Whoever speaks of the Holy Spirit as it is uninstructed or perhaps even discerning. When you begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person, you can understand on a greater level the need for an actual personal relationship with him. Holy Spirit is not just magic or spark of being a Christian. He's a part of God. And Billy Graham says, there's nothing that God is that the Holy Spirit is not. All of the essential aspects of deity belong to Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit existed from the very beginning. Um, We all know in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Holy Spirit existed before the world was created, before we were. And it's because he is part of God. I really love that creation story. I think maybe it's because I'm an artist, I'm creative. It does get me fairly excited thinking about the ins and outs of how God might have created the world. You know, did he get his paint color samples out uh, when he was thinking about the colors for the mountains or the range of colors for the sky? It's hard to stop my mind imagining what might it look like when the Spirit of God was hovering over waters. You know, but perhaps it's not something I want to be challenged to draw because how on earth could you do that justice? Holy Spirit has existed just as long as God the Father. He was never meant to be an added extra. So Genesis goes on to explain the rest of the creation story and we can read throughout creation how God refers to himself. Um, Genesis 1.26 says, And God let us make man in our image, after our likeness. That's God referring to himself as us and our. 
um, showing that he is plural. There are many references to God's spirit giving life and his spirit creating things, um, all things in creation, and throughout the first couple of chapters in Genesis. And although the spirit has not yet been poured out, the, throughout the whole Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is still there. Um, one important task we can find him doing is empowering different people to take on different specific tasks. There's a few obvious people like Moses and David who the Spirit came upon, but I quite like the example in the book of Judges. So I'll just read one. Um, Judges 6 verse 36. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizarites to follow him. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, then the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. Similarly, God, um, God's Spirit also comes upon Nathaniel, um, Jephthah, and Samson. And in each of these examples, um, it was an order to, to deliver God's people. But it wasn't the same as when the Spirit came at Pentecost. God's Spirit hadn't been poured out yet um, in all its fullness. And so it would often depart again once he'd helped them with a specific task. But we know that throughout the Bible, Scripture is pointing towards an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We can pick up the story with a classic passage in John 16 as Jesus um, addresses his disciples before um, he's betrayed. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When you look in detail at these passages, you begin to understand just how interconnected the Trinity is. Jesus had to die for us to be able to access the full Holy Spirit. And then the coming down of the Holy Spirit is so crucial as it proved to the disciples that Jesus was with his Father. I think, Della, you started to say something as you brought your word earlier like this. Um, Jesus had not only died and risen, but now he was back with his Heavenly Father. And that part of the story was finished with the coming down of the Spirit. Luke 24, verse 39, 49, in the New Living Translation says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. It's something that I find myself coming back to. We're sent as disciples to proclaim the gospel, but we're not meant to do it on empty. We're meant to be not meant to be doing it with our own strength. We must be filled with Holy Spirit. And it's so easy to accidentally find yourself running on empty, to be tired, worn out, and relying on your earthly instincts. I think often when you reach that point of empty, mission becomes a drain on your energy. Yet when we're filled with God's spirit, we should yearn for mission. Holy Spirit in us awakens the desires of God's heart. His desires become our hearts. We care for the things that he cares about. And so we have the energy and the enthusiasm and the yearning to do mission. Let's look together um, at when the Spirit comes down for the first time in Acts 2. So if you've got a Bible, 
feel please feel free to turn there. So from verse 2. Um, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And as this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that, he, that we can hear each of us in our own native language? And then we're going to skip ahead to verse 11. Um, both Jews proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. Um, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does that mean? But others mocked, saying they are filled with new wine. When Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, people began speaking in different languages that they didn't already know. There were drunken accusations because people didn't understand or comprehend what was going on. But one thing that he really highlights to us is that God wants to pour his spirit out on all people. There's a uniting, a bonding, um, a breaking of the language barrier. Communicating with someone who doesn't speak your own language requires a lot of patience. Just ask the Aves. I stayed with a friend from uni in her hometown in Jordan. And it's very different as well when you're the only one who doesn't speak that language. Um, you know, you've got all the other people around you. They can all communicate, and you're the one that's left out. You start to get a grasp for what, you know, what the conversation, you know, the feel of it, but it only goes so far. And it's very easy to take something like language very for granted. But over the world, there's over 7,100 known different languages spoken in the world are probably far more than that too that are not known and whilst we celebrate and love different cultures we all have that longing inside of us to belong so when holy spirit arrives god's kingdom becomes available for everyone any cultural any language barrier is completely obliterated and everyone is welcomed in into one big family of believers and what followed when the Spirit poured out? Well, the people are convicted and they turn to Jesus. Um, so halfway through verse 37, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exalt them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who had received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. 
He speaks right to our hearts. And that's why the response of the Spirit being poured out is to turn to Jesus. So what about us? What about today? Well, we believe that we can access that same Spirit poured out on Pentecost. Holy Spirit is just as powerful today as he was then. And we should continually seek fresh outpourings and encounters. When we become Christians, we all receive the Spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says, And so you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. We are marked with a seal. And just like how God gives his love to us, his spirit is not given to us based on what we do or how we act, but rather because of what he calls us, sons and daughters, chosen and loved. Um, I brought a prophetic word a few weeks ago challenging us to consider if uh, if we are living on the memory of yesterday's outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Rian echoed with her prophetic word that this morning. It's so easy to hold experiences higher than others. Perhaps there was a really great meeting you attended where there was a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I know for me, growing up, I had the privilege of attending Bible Weeks. And I can remember those occasions as being important to my faith, foundational moments. But now 15 years on, it'd be very foolish of me to base my entire knowledge of Holy Spirit on those occasions. And it would be foolish for you to base your knowledge of the Holy Spirit on one given occasion or experience, no matter how great or how close you felt then. You know, we all go through different seasons in our life, some which are hard, some which are challenging, some where it seems like there's a mountain around every corner. And other times it is easier and carefree, but we have to be careful not to view Holy Spirit through our own experiences through the lens of what we're going through. Because God does not change. He stays the same. He's always steadfast. He's the ultimate firm foundation. And Holy Spirit is part of that never-changing royal priesthood that God has for us. You know, we all have very different experiences of Holy Spirit. And that's exactly how it's meant to be. But we can all yearn for and ask for more. But it is possible to live and be ignorant of the power of the spirit that lives in us, which is why it's so important that we continuously seek to be filled with the God spirit over and over again. God has more for us than that ordinary living. So let's be practical. How do we be filled with Holy Spirit? We've already mentioned um, that we receive the spirit when we become a Christian, but To want a fresh filling is so simple. You just have to ask. You just have to pray and talk to God or Holy Spirit and say, Father God, send your spirit down. Holy Spirit, come. You can ask someone to pray over you. You can do it yourself. It doesn't matter where you are. You can stir up your spirit. You can speak in tongues. And the more you do it, the more you get to know and understand what Holy Spirit is like. Now, whilst we all have full access to God's Spirit, there's something really special and sacred about the laying on of hands. And we see in the Bible, um, Paul first received the Spirit through the laying on of hands. 
And then, then there's another example in Acts 8, verse 14. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord God. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Sorry. This is one of the many reasons it's not good to walk on your Christian walk alone. We all need people to help us. The believers in this passage needed the laying on of hands to receive the Holy Spirit. And you know, there are more theological reasons for this, um, but one Christian writer described the reason like this. We reach for something tangible, physical, and visible to complement or serve as a sign of what's happening invisibly and what we're capturing with invisible words. Sometimes we need a physical action to help us understand what's going on spiritually. Some outpourings of Holy Spirit can be marked differently to others. But our focus should still be on seeking more and more of him. Because how well does he know you? My iPad knows who I am. It recognizes my face. It knows my fingerprint. It unlocks when I come close to it. But the friends that I'm closest to are the friends that are in and out of my pockets. You know, I've managed to keep many old friends over the years. And, you know, I love them. I know them well. I know them to an extent. But they know me for who I've been in the past. They know me as a clarinetist. They think I'm a teacher still. Some of them even still call me Catherine. But the people who really know me best are the people who I talk most often to. They're the people who I have my in-jokes with. I share funny videos with them. They check in when I haven't heard from them in a while. We make plans together. We like to be around each other, and it fills us with joy. And the same should be true as you and the Holy Spirit. You should make plans to spend time with him. You should get to know his presence so that you begin to understand his heart for you and how his love pours out to those around you. Over the years, I've had different experiences of Holy Spirit. I've been emotional, laughed, cried, fallen over. And I've seen and heard about and read about far stranger experiences. But that's the thing about a God who knows us personally. He meets us where we're at with what we need in that moment. To reveal something to us or to help us understand him more of who he is or just because he wants to be with us. And there's no limits you can put on him because God is a God of the impossible. You know, I have a, I've barely scratched the surface this morning. There are still mysteries and things to be uncovered about him. And, you know, we won't really know until we are sat there face to face with God. But this morning, today, we are going to spend some time seeking deeper the Holy Spirit. And I believe, as I said about laying on of hands, if this morning you need that physical outlaying of that to help you understand the spiritual realms more, then we want to do that this morning. We need to be people who get out of our seats who yearn for the Holy Spirit, 
who are ready, who are desperate to meet with him. I was in the car after a meeting. I'm returning to work. Most of you know I'm the children's worker for Kings. And I met with someone. And on my way home, I had this moment where I was laughing. I was almost crying. And I just felt the spirit really tangibly in my car because I was excited about what was God was doing in that person in that moment. Let's be excited about God's spirit and what he wants to do with us.